0: Welcome back to Roman History Through the Art Series. I am your host Wei Chen Chow, doing this podcast all the way on the other side of the world in Taipei, Taiwan. Today on March 23rd, we will be discussing the topic on how mint coinage reflects Roman culture slash politics in the provinces. I will be citing majority of my information through Andrew Burnett's paper, The Augustan Revolution as Seen Through the Mints of Provinces. I think this is a particularly interesting subject for those who collect coins or at least have a keen interest in the medium since these little miscellaneous objects do tell a story of their own, if you look closely into the meanings of his imageries. Today's podcast will not just be me blabbering about coins, instead I'll be having my friend joining me in the Q&A session. So without further ado, let's get started.
1: Coins in the passage were shown to have quite the variation, of which one can distinguish certain coins to have deities and others which opt for different designs, whether of persons of status or letters. What could be the reason behind omitting the religious side of a coin's design, and what exertion of power would portraits on coins have over the people?
0: Excellent questions to start off today. How do we interpret the variations of imageries on coins? After the rise of imperial Rome, we see quite the influx of coinage that shows living people. Before in the Republic era, Romans usually include deceased individuals to commemorate their ancestors. Late into the Republic era, with Julius Caesar's, and on to the imperial era, we can observe that Romans began to mint coins that bears the portraits of living people. The reasoning behind this change is rather simple. Some people might never see their leaders in the flesh. So what can they do to have a general understanding of who their leader is? Coins. These items are circulated around the Roman sphere to assert power. However, most of Augustus' coinage lacked proper identification or inscription of his position as emperor. This is originally thought out to be a reflection of Greek culture where deities often lack titles. However, this later changed when the practice started to include inscripting titles on coins, which in my opinion is to further symbolize the power these emperors hold over their dominions.
1: The gradual cessation of provincial coinage in the West paved the foundation for several theories, including the unlikely Roman intervention and impoverished cities as well as the idea of elites in those regions wishing to become more Roman by adapting to the culture. What is the significance in the imitation of coin designs, both politically and socially?
0: I would say it shows the gradual shift from regional commerce to a more centralized commerce. In other words, provinces or colonies decided to use Roman iconography to conform to Roman standards to help with their tradings. Andrew Burnett, in his paper, The Augustan Revolution Seen Through the Mints of Provinces, says that there's a lack of evidence that suggests a direct intervention of Roman state in the province's minting process. Like you mentioned in your questions, there are people speculating that these cities gave up their own coins in favor of Roman ones. I would have to agree on that. In a political sense, even though there's a lack of central planning, people who wield significant power in regional boxes have the power to mint coins to their likings to curry favors of the Romans. Socially, the imitation Roman coins reflect this change of attitude. Instead of holding tightly to their own culture, these imitation coins often show a blend of culture between local and Roman, therefore making it a very diverse endeavor.
1: A change in rulers during the era in question almost always led to the design and distribution of new coins. The author mentions a bewildering variety of mostly small sizes and low weights, and that some cities probably recognized their own coins only. With Roman coinage unlikely to be centralized, according to the author, what aspect of different coins are most likely to contribute to higher value per coin? For example, Would other design for a pre-year emperor be of less value, or would it be more easily based on weight?
0: I think the value of the coin back in the day is primarily based on the weight of the coinage. The reasoning that some cities issue coinage that are less valuable in general is mainly due to the fact it is comparably smaller but use a different alloy than the ones being used in the Roman heartland. Cities often mint their own coinage, and like you mentioned in your questions, only get recognized by their own government or citizens. To follow up on this, I believe this is one of the driving factors for the provinces to try to imitate Roman heartland coins, such as the Cisterius, which is a larger-sized coin, for it helps with circulations in general. So no need for the Romans to enforce their will on the people. The sure economic incentive will nonetheless push his people to adopt Roman standards when it comes to coinage.
1: It is stated that excluding Nero, most emperors did not have portraits that were highly distinguishable or even featuring more individualized portraits. In fact, Nero is an exception to many of the generalizations of how imperial identity contributed to the system and design of Roman coinage. What are the most distinct decisions Nero made apart from other emperors, and how did it impact his reign and influence?
0: It should be noted that woman figures on coins are quite distinct when it comes to their looks, such as having different haircuts. It's primarily being that prior to Nero, there is a really lack of distinction between the men in general on coins. There are small differences here and there, like showing Claudius' long neck. So answering your question regarding Nero. Nero is known to be the eccentric emperor that causes widespread discontent, and eventually him being branded enemy of the state by the Senate. I think his unique portraits on coins that separates him from his predecessors might be a sign of his audacity as a ruler. But to note, there is also the sense of realism, since you can tell Nero ages through his coins such as coins depicting him as a kid during Claudius' reign, his adolescence with his mother Agrippina, and let's say him being a full-grown adult with a beard. This is a stark difference compared to let's say Augustus, where a minted coin at the beginning of his reign is almost identical to those at the tail end of his reign. To follow up on that, the immediate successor to the Julia-Claudian dynasty, the Flavian dynasty, returned to a more simplistic take on coinage after-seizing power. This can be interpreted as them trying to distance themselves from the excess nature of Nero that led to his downfall. So I would say the truth is somewhat a mix of the two, of Nero having a say of his depiction on coins, while also during that period they were experimenting with more realistic portraits, depiction of emperors. To sum up today's subjects, Roman coinage starting in the Augustan period did not reinvent the wheel. There wasn't an attempt to suddenly overhaul how people perceive coins in general. Instead, changes are often minute, and so to come. With Roman iconography blending in with local coinage, creating this new, unique item. As Andrew Burnett puts it, it encapsulates the new world order of the Augustan world. Therefore, it is safe to say that this new old order, Burnett described as, essentially the Roman standards are now the bedrock of coinage of the Western world, which I would say even lasted to this day. That's all for today's podcast, folks. I want to say thank you for dropping by today's session. Be sure to tune in every once in a while for the newest episode of Roman History Through the Arts where we are continually discussing various topics of Roman history and Roman lives. Thank you.